0: Welcome to Open to Explore, the FBC Athens podcast featuring conversations exploring the intersection of faith and life. This episode features the fifth sermon in our Let's Talk 2020 series. Matt Marston, Senior Minister at First Baptist Athens, explores the needed contributions Christians can make to conversations about justice. glad to be here with you for the fifth week of Let's Talk. I remember the first time uh, this congregation did this talking to Paul. I thought it was an exciting idea and I'm kind of sorry for, you probably noticed it already, a terrible sermon title. Did you notice how bad this thing was? Everyone else has been so kind of pithy and, and, and really nice. And Frank tried to be supportive when I told him this is what I was going to do. He said, oh, well, that'll be okay. <laughs> I hope this is the, these next two weeks are the worst sermon titles that I'll have, okay? But there's a point here. Because everybody cares about justice, everyone. Have you been around little kids lately? How quickly can an argument erupt over anything? And even at the smallest, the youngest of ages, human beings, we can rationalize our position and demonize others, right? can't you see clearly I'm the one who deserves to have you know the toy frying pan or something we care about justice every human being cares about justice the problem is sometimes our visions of justice conflict I went to when I was in Dallas I was a lot when I was younger a lot younger There was a justice revival. Does that sound like fun to you? (laughs) A justice revival. I knew I was in trouble when there was an acrylic lectern. (laughs) If there is a see-through acrylic lectern, I'm going to hate it. (laughs) We've had them at CBF before, too. I hope Paul can do something about that eventually. There's nothing... this it was a revival service around themes of justice that's not bad it went on a long time but there was a problem I realized that the vision of justice that was proclaimed at this revival could have been found anywhere there was nothing particularly uh, theological or Christian about it and and this was huge for me to notice because I am as prone to this as anyone, the whole event was full of (laughs) self-congratulation. Look at me and what I have done. I'm in recovery from constant self-congratulations. I think, though, that our current situation could use a Christian witness for justice because we are in our, you don't you don't need me to tell you this, polarized, are you sick of hearing that? It's true though, we are so polarized in our country and people's ideas of justice are so entrenched, everyone thinks that they, that they and their side is fighting on behalf of the weak and the poor or somebody who needs their help. Everyone does. And if we just talk about justice more loudly, it's not very effective. And in times of polarization, we think the solution is getting rid of the other side. We've been in a terrible situation uh, these last, I'd say decades probably where uh, each political side, each political party just imagines that the other side is going to disappear the next election cycle. And guess what happens? They reappear. And also did you know every action creates an equal and opposite reaction. So everything we say, everything you say one day is going to come back from the other side eventually and we act surprised. And you probably don't know this, maybe you do, if you do, don't tell me now, but tell me at some point. The, the name René Girard, who was a French anthropologist who was converted to Christianity through his studies, he is I think exactly right about this, that by nature human beings will constantly tend to form rivalries. When we don't know what else to do, we find a common enemy with our neighbor. We will always look to create conflict. And this actually hurts the cause of justice because we don't work together, We will actually, polarization should not surprise us. It's kind of natural and inevitable unless something else happens. It's so crucial because I think um, I was talking to a friend, a very kind of activist person, who said, Matt, I am so tired of working with people and listening to other people. At this point, I just want to outnumber them. (laughs) The problem is demographics change. You cannot, we cannot, don't you know by now, we can't predict the future. Things are slippery, and also it's sad, and I get that exhaustion, I get that but it's, it's not very hopeful and it's not very Christian because it aims at the elimination of the other and not the conversion of the other. It's the genius of Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement that it was so popular was that it always aimed at conversion not elimination. So actually I think we're kind of in trouble as a country about justice and conversations about justice and what in the world do Christians have to add to that and what about Romans 1? Amos you probably figured that would make sense with justice but Romans 1 is strange. Usually we would go to a prophet text or to the gospels. Well there's a new book that just came out written by a Canadian Baptist, Douglas Herring. It's a wonderful book uh, that is called Resurrecting Justice. And it's kind of a commentary on the book of Romans. And in that book, Herring says that Romans can be understood as a book about justice. Now, that may not sound as surprising to you as it did me, but I was intrigued. And so I've read enough of it to preach this sermon. I got out of the first chapter, so I know a little more what I was talking about. You notice uh, that Anna read verse 17, for the for in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. Herring says, I won't go into the Greek because I don't know it that well, but, but I know enough to know that we use two English words to translate one Greek word. We use justice and righteousness for the same word, and it goes back and forth in Romans. It's one of the reasons why, if you've ever tried to understand Romans, it can be a challenge. But Herring makes the case, I think it's a good one, that we should translate righteousness as justice here at the beginning of Romans and throughout. So listen to it again in a different translation. For in the gospel, the justice of God is revealed from faith to faith. For the just will live by faith. That tells us that one thing that Christians can add, and I think desperately need to add, to conversations about justice is a sense of trust in God. Now, that may be okay for us. I just use the G word. A lot of people, I've met some already in Athens, who cannot say that word because it feels too heavy or they're not sure what they think about it. You'll hear now people will say, the universe. That's not uncommon to say, the universe gave me a gift. I I personally don't understand why that's easier to say than God. You know, the Milky Way gave me a gift. I don't don't get that, but I understand that people struggle with it. I know friends in recovery who have had to begin, just in doing it AA, a higher power. They can't say God, a higher power. One of my favorite names for God is the secret friend, which is beautiful because it means that beneath the reality that we see and touch, there is a friendly personality who wants our good and our healing. One thing that Christians can add to conversations about justice is this sense of trust that we don't have to achieve justice ourselves but we can receive it as a gift that justice will just happen. When I don't know if you're like me, but if you are at all like me, whenever you try to do, whenever I try to do, I'll speak confessionally, try to do something all by myself, I start getting pretty bitter at anyone who's in my way, and I start thinking more highly of myself than I ought. I'm the only person who can load the dishwasher properly. That is actually true. And if you get in my way, I, I mean, just horrible things, and all of a sudden we're in a, you know, Cuban Missile Crisis in the kitchen. But when it's not up to me, but it happens, when there's a breakthrough, then justice is received as a gift. This is a consistent witness. Uh, from justice movements around the world. One of my teachers in seminary, uh, Peter Story, was very active, essential. He's a Methodist uh, South African minister and uh, was right there alongside Archbishop Tutu in confronting the apartheid regime in South Africa. And one of the things that he would say in his testimony of that time was that things would just happen to them doors would open things would fall into place that they could not perce- could not have anticipated and could not have achieved we would say god was working a higher power was at work martin luther king jr had his moment at the coffee table and unless you just think that was a little event of his own psychology he was Confirmed in faith and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Justice needs a higher power. God. To bring justice as a gift that we can anticipate by faith, by trust. Trust, it's really hard to come by these days. I mentioned the justice revival earlier. The best thing that came out of it for me was I met Larry James heard him speak Larry James is the CEO of City Square which is a ministry in Dallas used to be known as Central Dallas Ministries and I appreciated Larry because he was wearing a suit and tie I said this is good you can care about justice and dress you don't just have to wear hemp (laughs) that was mean um but Larry mentioned the words that I'd never heard before, permanent supportive housing. He said, if we're going to deal with uh, people who have no homes, who are facing a myriad of problems, the first thing they need is a place to live and a key and a promise that they can stay there. It's so simple. It's kind of wild to think about. Well, Central Dallas Ministries, later City Square, has been a huge force for permanent supportive housing in Dallas. There is a uh, building in downtown Dallas that has a 7-Eleven on the bottom floor, two floors of office space, luxury condos on the top floor and in the middle, permanent supportive housing for people who are recently homeless. All in one place, in one, he calls it the vertical neighborhood. But Larry said something so beautiful. He said, when we're working for justice, we have to be willing to be surprised that we need to sit down and work together because we don't know what's going to happen until it happens. That's just trust. He said, when you do a deal with somebody, when you bring different people together at the table God gives surprises. We can trust that. I don't know that I could live without it. I don't know about you. But what Paul tells us in Romans is that justice isn't something we have to achieve. It's something that is coming. There is a new world that will come that is already being born among us. The kingdom of God, heaven, whatever you can want to call it. But there is a reality that God is bringing in in which love will look like Jesus. Where we will give sacrificially and it will be our joy. Where there will be no homeless, there will be no hungry, there will be no hopeless, there will be no lonely where everyone will be able to sit down together and feast at the riches of God's table to receive everything as grace, everything as gift. That world is not something that we have to achieve. It's on its way, no matter what happens November 3rd. It's a reality that is actually more real than this one we're in right now. The kingdom of God is on its way. We can rest in that, trust in that, and we can share that trust with others as a gift. Because people need it. They're hungry for it. And it is something that we Christians can add to conversations about justice. Amen. Thank you for listening to Open to Explore. The FBC Advents Podcast featuring conversations at the intersection of faith and life. Coming in December is a daily podcast featuring devotions for Advent.